How are you feeling? Good. And how are you feeling? I want to welcome everybody to another In My Feels episode. I think today's episode I'm going to talk about you are not your mind. I'm re-diving in on the, the Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Incredible book. If you haven't read it, please read it. It's amazing. And before we start, you know, thoughts, feelings, emotions, conditionings, belief systems, everything on the inside creates your outside exterior. So my question for everybody listening is, how are you feeling right now in this moment? And this is probably more relevant to this episode than, than pretty much any others I've done, because we're talking about the power of now. So how are you feeling right now in this moment? This moment is all we have. You're creating your whole entire existence from this moment. The past was created from this moment. The future is created from this moment. Everything in your life is created from this moment. And I think once you align yourself with that way of thinking, the anxieties will drop, the depressions will drop, the every time, I guess, the mind will drop, you'll just identify with the mind. So how are you feeling? Dive in. Dive deep in. Ask yourself, how am I feeling? Ask someone else how they're feeling. Analyze your thoughts. Be the watcher of your thoughts. How am I feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm a little tired. You know, I've been on a, a trip to um, Mexico and it was incredible. Such a beautiful place. And I'm well rested, but the kind of, I guess the time difference a little bit is waking my daughter up early. So it's been a, it's been a busy morning and I was in the gym as well. So I'm ready to get back into my routine that I, I love, that I enjoy. So let's dive in. You are not your mind. And you know, I'm going to be reading some excerpts from The Power of Now, Eckhart Tolle, and kind of diving in and digressing and explaining why we are not our minds. So let's go. Eckhart says, identification with your mind, which causes thought to become compulsive, not to be able to stop thinking is a dreadful affliction, but we don't realize this because almost everybody is suffering from it. So it's considered normal. This incessant mental noise prevents you from finding that realm of inner stillness that is inseparable from being. It also creates a false mind made self that casts a shadow of fear and suffering. This is probably one of the most powerful books I think I've ever read. One of. Because it, it kind of breaks things down practically about the kind of mind, the ego, the living in past and future, which creates issues that technically don't exist, even though they feel very real to you. But once I stepped into the kind of now living and I started practicing it, practicing it, it became a way of life. And you realize that your life isn't as bad as it seems because you are focused too much on past and future. The past of things that have affected you deeply that are still, you feel, are hurting you and, and getting in the way of you living a life in the now. And then the future is worrying about, am I going to be good enough? Am I going to have enough money? Am I going to be this? Am I going to be that? And all these insecurities start building to things that technically don't, exist in the future because you're creating everything now so if you step back into now and start living in the now the future doesn't matter because you're creating the future right now and how many of us you know suffer from not being able to stop thinking i know i have done in the past and sometimes it catches up with me but you can sit there and you can say i am not my mind and and, and it's not considered something that's that's for me not being able to stop thinking is an illness 
It can be disease. And that's what creates physical disease within the body. Because you're overthinking. Your mind is working too much. And it's not working for you. It's working against you. Especially if you, can, if you feel you cannot stop thinking. And I get tons of messages. My mind's always racing. My mind's always racing. My mind's always racing. My mind used to race so much that it hurt. And I said, enough. So I would do this little trick, which would be in a quiet space, a few minutes, and I would count down from 100 to zero. And, I, and I've mentioned this on my podcast quite a while ago. 100 to zero. And you'd go 199 in your head, or it can be out there, whatever. I do it in my head, you know, 97, 96. And then you think about something. Oh, I need to pay that bill. Or, oh, did I do that for my job? Or did I do that for my partner? Did I, you know, all these type of things. No, no, no. Forget all that. It doesn't exist right now. 97. And you go back to counting. Wherever you, you know, you'll forget a hundred times. Get back to, when you get to zero, stop and listen. Watch. And then things will start coming back in. And then you'll go 50, 0, 50, 50, you know, 49, 48. And then something else will come in. Keep going all the way to zero. And if you're still thinking about things, go 50, 0, 50, 0, stop. And I guarantee you, after four or five days of doing it, there'll be pockets of stillness, the slightest stillness. But you'll recognize it so much as quietness that you'll be, you'll take a side breath and you'll be like, wow. This is what a quiet mind feels like. And then you realize I am actually in control. My mind is not in control. My mind is not using me. You are not your mind. And it's, you know, it's that constant noise, that constant kind of someone else there, the separation. Your mind is part of you. It's not separate from you. It's not controlling you. You are controlling it. And you're allowing the thoughts of negativity because an uncontrolled thought mind is, is clearly negative. Otherwise, it, if it, when it was positive, you'd be able to control it. And that's where we're stepping into. This is, where, this is where our collective consciousness is heading to. The philosopher Descartes believed he had found the most fundamental truth when he made his famous statement, I think, therefore I am. But I think this, this is an error. This is a very, it was a basic error. Because you're equating thinking with being. And you're identifying with thinking. Again, you're not your mind because you have thoughts, which are you and part of you. I think therefore I am, which is kind of the, the, the kind of general sense of the scientific notion that I'm thinking, therefore I am conscious. And because I'm conscious, therefore I am, which you're, you're pure consciousness anyway. Eckhart further goes on to say, identification with your mind creates an opaque screen of concepts, labels, images, words, judgments, and definitions that block all true relationship. It comes between you and yourself, between you and your fellow man and woman, between you and nature, between you and God. It is the screen of thought that creates the illusion of separateness, the illusion that there is you and a totally separate other. You then forget the essential fact that underneath the level of physical appearances and separate forms, you are one with all that is. By forget, I mean that you can no longer feel this oneness as self-evident reality. You may believe it to be true, but you no longer know it to be true. A belief may be comforting only through your own experience. However, does it become liberating? Again, incredible book. Incredible. I love this book so much. When you identify with your mind and your thoughts... It becomes a barrier between you and the true you, the physical you and the internal you. Because there's this shield, this blocking of constant noise within your mind 
that you cannot hear the true you. You're hearing this alter ego version of you that you have created and allowed to manifest. And it creates this false sense of, I guess, security, this false sense of an illusion that there is you and there's a separate you, this kind of inner voice that is acting separately and conflicting with you. And what do you think that's going to do to your body? It's going to create confliction within you, which is going to manifest into physical confliction. And you're going to attract more confliction in your physical reality. You're going to attract situations to make you feel confused and conflicted. And you're going to see conflict on the outside. If you're battling your own self, what are you attracting on the outside? More battles to contend with. You fix the inner piece of you. What happens in physical reality? You see outer peace. It can be no other way. It's the laws of the universe. It's your law. And I came to a realization, uh, which a little bit off topic, but kind of on topic. When I was walking on the beach with my, my wife and daughter and, you know, I picked up a stone and threw it into the, the sea. I realized something that the concept of God or the concepts of manifesting, the concepts of life, we are creating everything. So by my, me throwing the stone into the ocean, I am changing the diversity of, the, of, of our planet. It may be such a small change. But like even then, like taking a breath now, I'm altering the dynamic of the oxygen within the, 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 our planet or within the universe, whatever you want to say. So we are constantly changing our climate, changing everything around us. So we are creating something new. When I take in a breath, when I exhale that breath, it's not the same breath. It's something else that comes out. So that, that kind of came me to a realization that we are created in God's image. So we are all God. So we're constantly creating our, our universe. We're creating everything. So I, I guess that kind of relates to the kind of attraction, the mental attraction to everything on the outside physically by how you feel internally. And this confliction of thoughts also is driving your manifestations. And kind of back, back onto the you are not your mind passage. You forget the essential fact that underneath the level of physical appearance and separate forms, you are all, you are one with all that is. When I talk about collective consciousness, we're all one. Of course, we're all one. Now, if we are not connecting, we're all connected. We can't, we can't get rid of that. That is a fact. But if we are not connected within ourselves and we see the mind as a separate thing that we can't control, what do you think is going to happen in physical reality? The exact same things that you're feeling inside, you're going to see on the outside. You just can't put them together as evidence because you see them as separate. You see your mind or the voice or that inner voice of you is separate from you. Not that you create that inner voice, that, but you can easily get rid of it too. And it's basically what I just said, you know, the countdowns, all these type of things, the mental awareness of you and watching the thoughts, which help greatly. It's like that inner voice that is saying, you can't do this. You're not good enough. Watch it. Laugh at it. Really? I am. Of course I am. I'm good enough because... The person I hear speaking is actually me. And what happens after a time when you shine light, it fades, it fades, it fades, it fades, and poof, it's gone. And you become you again. You become one with you again. And I love this next statement because it resonates so deep. Thinking has become a disease. Disease happens when things get out of balance. For example, there is nothing wrong with cells dividing and multiplying in the body, but when this process continues in disregard of the total organism, cells peripherate and we have disease. Thinking has become a disease. It's not the thought process. Your intention of thought is not the disease. It's the uncontrolled thinking. 
has become a disease. It's the overthinking, constantly overthinking. And we do it all the time. You know, I, I tend to do it, you know, when it comes to scheduling, I'm, I'm, I'm always trying to live in the now. But when you have a kid and they have to eat in certain times and sleep at certain times, it becomes a super scheduled way of life, which I'm trying to step away from. But it also, by having that schedule, creates a harmony within, within my system, creates a harmony within myself, within my family, within my daughter. But it's the overthinking. And spiritual people tend to overthink a lot, believe it or not. You know, I can't think that because it's unspiritual. I can't do that because it's unspiritual. I can't say this because it's unspiritual. I can't do, you know, there's, there, there tends to be quite a few restrictions when it comes to the actual nature of spirituality, but there is no restrictions. It's as natural as can be. And that's the power of now. That's the power of living in the now. That's the power of practicing living in the now. It's almost like if you're operating on autopilot, you know, what I, I, I have done in the past is I look around the room and I spot things. Oh, there's my speaker. Oh, I'm talking into a mic. I have headphones on. That Those are present moments that are appearing right now to me in physical reality. And it kind of puts you in a present moment. It's like meditation puts you in a present moment because you're focusing now on relaxing, allowing yourself to just be. The mind is a superb instrument if used rightly. Used wrongly, however, it becomes very destructive. To put it more accurately, it is not so much that you use your mind wrongly. You usually don't use it at all. It uses you. This is the disease. You believe that you are your mind. This is the delusion. The instrument has taken you over. Now, I can deeply relate with, to that, and I'm sure everybody listening can. It's a superb instrument. It's there for memory. It's there to understand the things that you've learned and put them into practice. That's using it right. Used wrongly when you have that interior voice constantly nagging at you, making you unhappy, making you feel not worthy, making you feel anxious, making you feel depressed, making you feel all these things that seem unnatural to you. You know why? Because they are. We're not using our minds in the right way. The mind is using us because we believe that we are a mind, but we are not. And that's where the delusion comes in. And the mind has taken over you. It's like, you know, it's like an invasion of the body snatchers when a host comes in a body and takes over the body. Now, is that any different to your mind? Is that not an invasion? If you allow the mind to do that, it's all part of your whole system. It's not in control of you. You're in control of it. You just believe that it's a separate entity from you. So therefore it's driving your narrative. But you are driving that narrative. And it's time for us to take the power back. It's time to take the control back. It's time to not allow the mind to use you. It's time for you to use your mind the way it's supposed to be used. And I want to ask you a question, honest question. Can you be free of your mind whenever you want to? It, is there an off switch? Or as we say, no mind. Now, if you can honestly answer that, well, you're in a great space. That is, I guess that is the kind of concepts of enlightenment. That's when the suffering disappears. That's when you're in perfect harmony with your body. Your mind is part of your body. It's an incredible instrument if used rightly, but it's still part of you. It's all one. But when you solely identify with the mind, just like you could, you solely identify with the heart. Heart is about love. I think it's the essence of love, but it's all of you. All of you as one. And if all of you as one is operating on the same plateau, the same level, you become Buddha. The suffering disappears. Now, how many of us, for example, you have no off switch for your mind and it's racing how many of us have practiced 
quieting the mind, allowing the mind to race, not fighting against the mind. How many of us have watched the mind? How many of us have listened to these, the, the consistent nagging of this inner voice? Honestly, how many of us? I think we can all resonate deeply with the kind of overreachment of the mind and what we've created within the mind and the ego and the driving force and this habit of this constant thinking and overthinking. It's time for us to stop thinking. There's solutions to all of this. Listen to your mind. No judgments. And that's where the restriction comes in. You have a negative thought. Oh man, I'm having it. Oh, I'm battling against this negative thought. Let it go. I know it sounds easier said than done, but if you don't practice it, how are you going to become good at it? You don't judge the negative thought. Okay, it's there. I've created this negative thought. You may see as it something that is not created by you, but it is you. And you watch it. Oh, I see you negative thought. I hear you, but I won't allow you to consume me. And that's okay. I can feel negative. I can feel positive. I can feel love. I can feel fear. I can feel pain. Put no judgment to it. 